Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Revelation 12. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth, so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come to the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their life so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle, so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness, where she would be taken care of for a time, times and a half time, out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the turret. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. This seems to be a second look at the same situation as chapter 11. Rather than two witnesses, the church is now represented by one woman. The son, of course, is Jesus, born of the people of God and yet destined to rule us all. The dragon is the devil. This vision calls us to be alert to the prime plan of the powers, to spew forth a torrent of accusations that cause them, us, to drift away from Jesus' church. I wonder if you hear the whispered thoughts and ideas that seem to pull you away from connection to Jesus' church. At times I've felt like a child in a riptide being washed out to sea. This chapter wants us to hear those thoughts as demonic devices determined to drag us away from our destiny. Notice that while God has stood secure and sovereign all through this book, with his eyes constantly on his people, the devil acts furious in anger, insecure about his future, desperate to salvage stuff for himself. He couldn't even defeat an angel, 
let alone stand toe-to-toe with God. He is a power who is weaker than we could ever believe, but more dangerous for it, as he lashes out with accusations that can really scar. And so we should help one another be ready to defeat his accusations. If thoughts come based in anger or insecurity or self-preservation, they're likely to be spewed from the dragon's mouth. To listen to them and repeat them isn't being real or just being honest. It's destructive foolishness, like licking your dirty pants. Understanding the devil as accuser helps us deal much better with the self-doubt and self-hatred that are the norm of our society. So often, they're the devil trying to use our minds as his weapon to destroy us. In those moments, we don't need to go over and over the finest details of the thoughts. Instead, we just keep on keeping on. We don't try to defeat the accusations. We can just forget them. In a bizarre but bracingly brilliant image, we see all of creation opening its mouth to swallow the accusations of the enemy. And we see the great woman, us, being given wings by God and drawn into his presence. So, in summary, the truth behind this vision is the same as that of the whole of Revelation. The church operates in a war zone and mighty powers are fighting it out. But God will easily win and we will share in his victory if we faithfully endure and continue to live and love like the Lamb. Here's a question for reflection. Are you prone to overthinking things? How could Jesus help you with that? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.